Welcome to Social Proof, a podcast about influence brought to you by Soapbox. We're in the business of social media and influencer marketing. So we talk to people every day who've built brands, fans, and followers. We're intrigued by the idea of influence. What makes certain people so compelling? Join us each and every week as we raise our glasses with captivating individuals and dig into what it means to develop a personal brand and have true influence. Cheers to real people and riveting stories. Welcome to Social Proof with Soapbox. We are thrilled to be here today with our friend, Sarah Jane Case. Welcome, Sarah Jane. Hi, I'm so excited. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. We are thrilled to have you here. Um, I think, I like to think we've known each other for basically decades, but in reality, (laughs) which I think (laughs) decades is appropriate in 2020, everything is basically a decade in essence. But uh, I think we met about a year and a half ago, and we had the great fortune of having you join us at Megaphone Summit as a speaker But your claim to fame is being the gal behind Enneagram and Coffee, among other amazing things you've done. So maybe, Sarah Jane, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you do by day. Yeah. um, Well, first of all, I loved Megaphone so much. That's one of my favorite things I got to do that year. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm Sarah Jane Case. I wrote the Honest Enneagram. I created Enneagram and Coffee, which is an Instagram account and a podcast. And I get to use this amazing tool to help people to better their relationships to themselves and how they spend their time and who they spend their time with. I love it. Mm -hmm. Wow. So succinct. And you were talking about Megaphone and I'm like, yes, the before times when we gathered in person. So fun. So Char joined us uh, a little bit after Megaphone Summit. But, um, you know, it's interesting to me, you're kind of, I think of you as like a cult favorite with Enneagram and Coffee. But as I dug into who you are and the work that you do and your writing, I just, there's so much depth and you are such a a caring spirit. And I think it's really neat to see the way your passion for this tool infuses literally your entire life, your, your career, your coaching. Can you talk a little bit about how you fell in love with the Enneagram and, and, how it peppers everything you do? Yeah. um, You know, I think ever since I was born, there were two passions in my life. I think one was um, writing and the other was just curiosity around the human nature. Like, who are you? What do you do? What makes you tick? And so for as long as I've been alive, I've been just probing everyone I meet with questions. (laughs) Like, who? tell me everything. I want to know everything. And um, there's just this like endless fascination with, Um, our shared humanity and our shared, you know, and I think when I say shared humanity, I mean like our shadows and our things that we're ashamed of and the things that make us shine and that make us absolutely incredible. And I think so often we're blind to one or both of those things. And I love being able to kind of reflect that back to people. So when I found the Enneagram, it was like, here's this really effective way to communicate. Here's the language for what you've been, you know, fascinated with your whole life. So the Enneagram really just gets in deep and goes straight to like, what are your shadow parts? What are your light parts? And how do you, you know, what's causing that? Who do you think you have to be? Mm. I would love that. Wow. We are uh, a little Enneagram obsessed yeah, here. Wow. 
And I think it's become almost this comical part of our reputation. I'm pretty sure that our friends at Go Rogue, before they moved in, their studio had to like depict their Enneagram numbers to us. And <laughs> it's true. New yeah. hires come to us and say, we've heard that you really are into the Enneagram. So let me yeah, tell I you think that I'm a two. <laughs> Beth interviewed me and I think that was like the first question she asked me. And I was like, mm, I'm going to like this. Okay. Yeah. She wants to know me, like what yeah. you said of like, Okay, she wants to know how I tick and what all the things about me with that, mm-hmm. yeah. which is cool that Love like that. a number could do that. Yeah, it for us, it's become, to your point, Sarah Jane, such a playbook for mm-hmm. understanding people's, you know, it used to be called, I guess, a love language. But um, can you talk a little bit about, because your, your work with the Enneagram and your work in general um, existed in the world for quite a while before um, you crafted this book, the the Honest Enneagram. So, talk to us a little bit about that that book. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was doing work mostly prior to Enneagram and coffee. Even I was helping people to really understand how they were spending their time. Um, you know, I was working with people who were recovering or trying to prevent burnout and. Um, through that, I was, I was using the Enneagram to get to like, what is it that you're, you feel like you have to be like, what is this thing that you think you have to do? And that's impacting all of our behavior. Um, but when I was reading the Enneagram books and I love like, so I've, I've read every book I can get my hands on. Um, and in every, you know, there's this intensity of language. It's almost clinical. Yes. Um, and, and it is, you know, most of the people who write Enneagram books are psychologists. So it's coming from this like very technical language. And sometimes it's it's without curiosity. So when I wrote The Honest Enneagram, I wanted to write a book that was compassionate mm-hmm. and curious and got underneath these these things that we're doing and got under um, what is it that we're trying to do? What are we trying to prevent by doing these things? And my hope was that it was written in such a kind and compassionate way that it could alter your experience with your own inner voice mm-hmm. so that you would be um, hearing my language when you talk to yourself about the things you wanted to grow through. I love that. And I, I feel like we're, <laughs> as we're prone to do, we're turning this into an Enneagram podcast here. But, you know, really, social proof is about having influence. Um, and, you know, our work is in the influencer marketing space and, Uh, with people who have found their space typically on the internet and um, are passionate about something as you are and are sharing that passion with other people um, and bringing honest stories to life and and so on. So I'm curious, two things. One, we should probably back up and have you define the Enneagram because here we are, you know, just spitballing this and making the assumption that every listener everywhere has heard of it. So perhaps you could define the Enneagram and then maybe we can dive in a little bit to what you think about um, what does it mean to have influence and how do you wield it in your day-to-day life? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Enneagram, I'll start there. Yeah. The Enneagram is essentially, um, we call it a map of human psyche. It's broken down into nine distinct personality types. And each personality type, the way I like to describe it is it's telling you what you thought you had to be. <laughs> so I thought I had to be happy and satisfied. You know, every type has this message in their life of what they felt like this is what you have to be in order to be okay, loved, accepted, you know, survive. 
And the Enneagram is about breaking that open and realizing that actually we put this thing on and we don't have to wear it. Um, We don't have to be that thing in order to be okay. And um, yeah, so each of them has a basic fear, basic motivation, and that impacts their behavior. Yeah, I love that. So if you think about, you know, you have a lot of influence, Sarah-Jane. I mean, you mm-hmm. you have the Enneagram and Coffee account, obviously, and then you have your your voice as, you know, to kind of summarize a, a coach and an influencer of people and, and their lives. So, you know, do you have any non-negotiables? Like, how do you wield your influence and what do you think that means? Who do you affect? Yeah. Um, you know, I would say I have a lot of non-negotiables. <laughs> <laughs> I think you do, as I recall. <laughs> I have a decent amount. Um, you know, there are things, I think the the simplest way to put it for me is all people should feel loved and accepted. So um, anything that puts that into question, I, I won't do. Um, and I, I'm pretty big on express, you know, I will always show up truthfully and kindly and if I ever have to sacrifice one of those two things, then then I won't. And when it comes to influence, you know, I think my goal in creating any kind of content is that you will leave better than you got here. So I just want to leave people better than I found them. And I want to leave the world better than I found it. So sometimes um, that means speaking up in intense ways. And it might seem, you know, like we're going through this crazy year yeah. And I'm much more blunt and direct than I've ever been because <laughs> I want to leave the world better. I want the I want people to be more protected than they were when I got here on Earth. Um, when by the time I leave, and it's the same way with Instagram. You know, I want if you come to my Instagram page on a bad day, I want it to heal you a little if I can, or inspire you in some way, or make you feel more connected to who you are. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I think that's awesome. I feel like I need to bring up the elephant in the room of what's your Enneagram number. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> <laughs> that's why when, um, I almost said it when Bethany was saying, I feel like we've known each other for decades. And I was like, because we're seven. It's because oh, we're seven. This yeah. makes sense. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, Bethany, you are the sevens. Yes. I love it. I love yeah, it. So I channel funny. you guys sometimes. I'm a nine. And so I kind of able and I sync to what Beth is giving off. <laughs> yeah. We have um, we have two of us here at Soapbox who are sevens, mm-hmm. and we flank Char on a, a daily basis <laughs> and exhaust her. And um, but no, it's so neat. You, I think this common word keeps coming up both in your work and I think even in in what we do of honest and um, you know sometimes we interpret that as authentic which is an often overused word um, but I love those non-negotiables I mean that that you have and maybe Enneagram has inspired this but you have a playbook for the content you create and the way you live your life and the way that you conduct yourself and your relationships and I, I'm sure Shar has questions on this as well, but we'd we'd love to hear how how does that infuse your everyday? You know, can you give us some relationship examples from across the spectrum and and how that plays out? Yeah, so um, how the enneagram kind of impacts day to day life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think relationships. It's, yeah, yeah. It you know for I'll use for me 
in my life, it's so deep because I'm a seven and my husband's a four and we are in some ways opposites. You know, it's like, I'm drawn to the light. I'm scared of ever sacrificing and I, I just need to feel good all the time. And he is like, I need to honestly feel every feeling that I've ever had. Um, and, and sometimes I just, he just wants to go to the dark place. He just yeah. wants to be there. Yeah. Um, and in the challenging times, right, it's, it's learning to allow that for him and to not try to make him okay, um, to just to let him feel. And then in the most amazing times, you know, 2020, I had a really big loss um, and I went through some of the most intense grief. I've, I, I met grief this mm-hmm. year and mm-hmm. who better to be there with me than my four, you know, to just be full on like, yeah, whatever you're feeling is okay. Because, you know, we don't sevens, we don't identify with shame pretty, you know, it's not on the forefront of my mind. Um, but if there was something that I would feel shame for, it's being a bummer, Mm. you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not fun to be around right now. And to have a husband who knew that about me so intimately Mm -hmm. and knew the like complexity in my joy. So when he would see me like so happy and like talking about my business, he would like slow me down and say, (laughs) Hey, what's up? What's underneath this? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I would cry. I would just be like, Whoa, I have feelings. (laughs) Where'd those come from? (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, and it gives me the opportunity to do the same Mm -hmm. for him and to point him toward the light and help him to see possibility. Mm -hmm. So, Um, in that way it's, it permeates every moment. And then in work, you know, I think I really do think like hearing you guys bring it into the workplace, I think is the greatest gift that you can give to your employees, just knowing them and really trying to understand why they show up the way they do instead of, you know, I think so often as you know, I think about myself as a boss, you have a choice to make in this moment where mm-hmm. you're like, I get to, I can either set the tone and say, you show up and you match the tone. Mm-hmm. Or I can say, let me meet you and let me make the tone shift to match mm-hmm. um, what you need. And, you know, that's what I hope that I can do in my workplace with my team. And, and I have my assistant who I'm obsessed with. She's a nine. Um, <laughs> yes. And so I know how to ask her yeah. You know, I ask her things like a couple of times usually. Yeah. I'll be like, hey, are you okay with this? And then I'll come back and be like, hey, I'll ask in a different angle and I'll ask <laughs> in a different way. Um, because I really, and I'm, I'm listening for the truth beneath the truth, you know, because mm. she's okay with just about anything. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ooh, that yeah. was very accurate. Of just, yes. You just get dragged me in bed. <laughs> oh, man, I love that. Sarah Jane, I really want to ask you, you know, Instagram is such a powerful thing. Um, all of a sudden, like you posted and, you know, it could have been like one post that blew up and everybody was reposting. I am envisioning in your head, the image or in my head, the (laughs) image, your head, whichever one, but, um, in my head, the, I mean, the, the square of what your layout is every time that you post about the Enneagram on your Instagram, um, And just like what that looked like, all of a sudden, like you were building a brand because like you had a voice on Instagram with Enneagram and coffee. And like, what did that look like finding like what your aesthetic was going to be, what your goal was going to be and everything with that Mm. of building that brand? Yeah, well, it was, you know, I honestly never expected Enneagram and coffee to be what it is. I 
have Sarah Jane Case. And at the time that I created Enneagram and Coffee, it I had like 10,000 people over there. And I was like, this is my audience. This is what I do. These are my people. And I created Enneagram and Coffee as kind of like a side project or a hobby <laughs> that I could like put all of this excess energy into. <laughs> and so the, the first thing <laughs> yeah. how this podcast came about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so I was like, I, I need to get this out over here. So I, I made it and then it blew up so quickly. It blew up in like three days. Oh my gosh. And so wow. the aesthetic was just kind of like what we're, what we worked with, we're going to keep working with, <laughs> so, um, which is really simple. It's just black and white. And mm-hmm. I'm really drawn to simplicity because I've been in business for like 10 years and I'm a, I'm a trendy person. <laughs> I like, you know, I, when I bird cages were in, my logo was a bird cage when yeah. like, yeah. You know, Eiffel, I had an Eiffel Tower logo at one point, and Ooh, eventually I was like, yeah. <laughs> eventually I was like, oh, I need to just simplify things because um, if I keep following the trends, it's, it's going to age every time. So mm. now it's just like very simple, something that hopefully won't age. I love that. I would love for you to unpack that even more because you just you brought something up that I think so. If you think about our audience, right, or those who we touch through both the podcast, hopefully, and through our day-to-day work with influencers, you've got individuals who are marketers primarily. Um, You know, the brands and the clients we serve are typically major household brands. And then the influencer community uh, who we work with to create content for those brands also, in essence, are brand builders and marketers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's such a temptation to chase the trend, to follow the trend. And um, certainly we wouldn't be here working in social media, right, if there weren't some inclination to follow trends. But um, do you have tips for both content creators and even for marketers on you know, how to kind of cut through the clutter to the real and to the things that will resonate and be timeless. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think it's not to be redundant, but I think knowing your Enneagram type is helpful (laughs) (laughs) because a lot of my, you know, the things that I've learned are so specific to sevens, right? Like I have to commit for a certain period of time to things. Um, and then I reevaluate or I, you know, I, I've learned to not get ex- shiny object syndrome, which I think we're all subject to for different reasons. Um, but I get it because I'm, I get excited and I have a new interest and I want that interest to be represented in my, mm-hmm. I want to explore it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've learned to just kind of say, yeah, you can have that, but it doesn't have to be part of your business. Those mm-hmm. things can be separate. And I think Enneagram and Coffee is a great example of yeah. maybe it will turn into the business, but turn, you know, trying to, before it was like bringing that into the brand that I had, that wasn't the right move, Mm. right? I needed it to be its own thing to explore and then it could grow on its own. And then I think, you know, every type like fours are more, more inclined to comparison. And so they might see someone have something and they'll feel drawn to it. Or, um, you know, there's the identity triangle three, six, nine, who kind of, are looking for their identity and kind of don't really know. So the tone of the group can often shift mm. what they see as as who they are. Mm-hmm. And so really just commit to something simple for mm-hmm. a period of time and just do that until you know beyond a shadow of a doubt it's time to change. So good. Wow. 
I love what you just called out about that three, six, nine trifecta. So obviously hardcore seven over here. And my sister who I'm very close with, she lives literally across the street from me as a six. And because of the nature of our relationship and the nature, I think of our Enneagrams um, at, at the time that she took the Enneagram and someone asked her in the workplace, so what is your Enneagram? She said, oh, I'm a seven. <laughs> and she said she got such strange looks, uh, strange looks. She went for several days telling people that she was a seven. And then she realized, oh, that's my sister's. <laughs> like I'm so <laughs> like in line with the seven that yeah. I think I'm a seven. And yeah. I find that so interesting, just understanding, as you said, that trifecta mm-hmm. and the way the various Enneagrams function with one another, either in the workplace mm-hmm. or in the home. It's just it's riveting. I don't see how you could stop learning, Sarah Jane, about oh, yeah. this space. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that's what is so fascinating about it because it is like endless information, and there's so many different variations of teachings. So there's all these different angles to learn it from. It's like a seven heaven, like, <laughs> so much to explore. And I like that it doesn't like keep someone in a box, you know, because um, you know I'm a nine, so I'm in that three six nine triad, and I would have for sure said I was a three in college, but I think it's because I was like at my healthiest and I was really showing that side of it and like but also that like the nine doesn't define me like that doesn't make me who I am it just like shows more about me that's what I like about it Mm -hmm. like yeah Yeah. there's more to it than just being what's the other things like an otter or a dog or I don't know (laughs) I don't know that (laughs) I don't know those the I can't remember the name yeah I'm not good at that either Shari I'm actually gonna oddly pitch it to you because you know you've been with us I think about a year a little Mm -hmm. over a year and I feel like you, in some ways, have found your identif- identity, excuse me, both at Soapbox and through the Enneagram almost simultaneously. And I, I wonder what it's yeah. like for you to explore that in the workplace. Yeah, I feel like what's been cool is um, Beth has really helped me just pull out sides of me that I didn't see. She always says, no one's harder on Charlotte than Charlotte. <laughs> um, and it's true. I just have to hone in. And I mean, I'm bad at making those decisions, but just I think it's helped me knowing that I am the peacemaker. I see that with our team. Um, I see that I'm able to see all sides of it. Um, I'm able to know, um, you know, when one side of the business is kind of rocking, like, oh, it's because this I can see that that person's not so doing me. well. And um, but also with my work, it's cool. I am in charge of all of our things of marketing and I really feel like it hits yeah. my Enneagram yeah. Yeah. type. I love I didn't realize, like, marketing is hard because, you know, you're throwing yourself out there. You're throwing your creative side out there. And you're just praying and hoping for approval. Like, right. Right. you're just like, Which oh, I nice. hope this is yeah. actually good. I'll yeah. send to Beth and be like, let me know your thoughts. If you have edits, like, it's fine. Yeah, it's great. But yeah. I feel like I have grown in confidence in my work and just, like, putting it out there, not being scared. But also I think what's so cool about it, it's funny. I think I've diagnosed like three of our coworkers with oh, this saying is great. they have the wrong Enneagram. She has accurately done so. And I think without coaching them toward what <laughs> she thinks they are, but we've had these like adjustments on our team. Yeah. We like printed out like a note card. It's so cute. Showing all show of you. our Enneagram types. And then I think within two weeks, everybody changed their number. So it was like, all right, we'll just reprint those. We had, it's really cute. I'll have to share it with you. We made basically we being Charlotte, Mm -hmm. 
such a seven there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cute little card that just has a, a watercolor tone for each of the nine, and then it has team member names. And I, I have it at my desk. I'm constantly like, why? Oh, okay, four. Yes, okay. It helps me to refresh. So I actually would love to hear you talk a little bit, Sarah Jane, about what you hit on at Megaphone, which Mm -hmm. was how content creators can sort of, you know, through their Enneagram, hone and perfect their content. Perfect's probably not the right word, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, first of all, I love the card idea. I wish more. It was so cool. that. That's so smart. Well, and it happened because we completed the Enneagram. Yes. And it was the coolest day ever. We had every single we number. We were the perfect, yes. We had representation yeah. across the Enneagram, which for a company we thought was really cool. Yeah, that's the dream. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think knowing our Enneagram type is in whatever job we do when we when we know the things that hold us back, right? If I've learned um, this thing, this little puzzle piece of this is what I've always thought I had to be, then I can start to notice how that's not impacting me or, you know, how that's keeping me limited. Mm. So when we think about content creation, um, a lot of times, you know, we get caught up in the head game of it and, Mm -hmm. and it's usually surrounding whatever our type structure is, right? So I'll speak as a seven and I say, you know, I like variety. I like options. I don't like to be limited. And so a lot of my work has been that commitment time saying like, okay, and you know, we like to feel good. And so, so what I would get caught up in for, for a really long time was like things would feel bad for a moment. And I would think, whoa, 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 this doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't do this. And what I've learned is that actually, if I just Day, <laughs> even <laughs> out, yeah. like it works out. Um, and so all of us have that, right? We have this little thing, like ones they, they're you know they're they're perfectionistic. They never quite feel like they're living up to their own standards, and so there's they struggle more with like constant reforming, constant fixing, mm. and never quite feeling like their content is good enough. Um, so they really have to replace perfection with excellent. You know, mm. how can I be like you know what this is good? It doesn't have to be flawless. It will never mm. be flawless. Um, you know, we all have a variation of, of that, of just like, what's the thing that I keep mm. limiting myself with? Yeah, that's pretty neat. I love that. So I, I'm curious, um, where do you maybe tell listeners both where you're from, like where you consider yourself from and then where you are today? I always think that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So they're the same. So I'm from Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and I live here I'm, I live in Asheville now. I love that. Yeah. It's such a beautiful area. I always love keeping up with the real you, Sarah Jane Case on Instagram. And just, um, in the before times you, you were a little bit of a globetrotter, I feel like, um, which has changed a little bit. Can you speak to that just for fun? Yeah. I mean, I, before, yeah, the, in the before times, I like that. <laughs> in the before times, um, I, yeah, I was gone almost half the month traveling, either speaking or doing different retreats and things like that. And so COVID, I mean, in the, in the now times, um, <laughs> I, love that. I, um, it's yeah, like Voldemort. Yeah, it halted, um, everything. It was really, it was a complete lifestyle shift for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you- I, you know, I adjusted. Have you unpacked things about yourself in that in this 
period of now times and being still, yeah. which we're terrible yeah. at. <laughs> it's it's real. That that is real. I, you know, I think if this had happened when I was twenty eight, even I would have. You know, that's six years ago. I I would have found myself desperate. I think. Like I think I would have freaked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's because I used to wake up in the morning at like six and I would leave my house and I would come home at like 10 or 11 PM and go to sleep <laughs> and I'd do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I think the Enneagram has really helped me to be like, Oh, what are you hiding here? Like, what mm. is it that you're, um, afraid to feel? And what if you just felt it instead of kind of mm. doing? Um, and so now when it happened, you know, <laughs> when we got to where we're at, I was home all day, every day. And I got to integrate for, I got to integrate like into my five space and mm. really, you know, be okay with space and time and rest. Um, but I also got to see how much work I'd done mm-hmm. um, up to this point of just self, you know, learning myself and feeling mm. my feelings and, um, yeah. And then grief happened and yeah. it was like, oh, we're going to go to the next level. We're going to wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so It's been a year feeling, I think. That's intriguing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm always curious. I think one of the ways that the Social Proof podcast came together is, you know, again, we're, we have this work that we do during the day. We, you know, came screeching in from working with a bunch of brands uh, on a really intense and exciting campaign to have this conversation with you. And so we're very passionate about, you know, culture and, you know, what we would call the modern workplace. And I loved you talking about, you know, being a boss. I'm extremely passionate about what we're building here. And I think we can build a better workplace. I think we can Mm -hmm. treat people differently and, and give them space to, and be their best selves. And so we like to really dig into your work day kind of what is your typical work day maybe in the before times and the now times and you know are you a night owl or you it sounds like you're an early bird but talk to us a little bit about your day yeah um I love this topic Um, (laughs) same (laughs) I am definitely a morning person like I usually will kind of wake up around like 5 50 um and then the morning is like my silent time and like my kids asleep, my husband's asleep. Um, I like the knowing, the knowing looks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm literally just like, Beth like takes hikes at like 6 a.m. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's incredible. I love it. Yeah. And it's like, that's like the best to me, the best part of the day. I love feeling like I have the world to myself. Mm. Um, and so in that morning, I, every morning I write, in my journal, I do yoga. Um, I have, you know, I read a nonfiction book every morning and then, um, you know, make breakfast, have coffee, all the good things. And then I head into the office usually around eight, um, eight 30 or nine. And my goal every day is to get all of my work done before lunch. Sometimes wow. I do it. <laughs> Sometimes wow. I don't. Um, it's like a, game to myself like oh look if I can do it then I'm I'm done for the day and I get to have a reward um and then I usually do meetings in the afternoons mm. and um, well, it's such a I smart try. tactic I love yeah. that it's good for me because um so I used to make my one-on-one clients do this where you do like an inspiration tracker 
and you note um, every hour of the day, like where your headspace is for Mm. a week. And you can really start to notice the patterns. And for me, between like 2 and 4 p.m., I'm useless. Like I'm just (laughs) not work done. Um, So if I can put a person in front of me, um, that will like breathe energy back into my day. Yeah. But if I'm in front of paperwork, we're just playing pretend at some point. (laughs) I think we both relate big time to this. Big time. Wow. I think we have to do the inspiration tracker. I love that. Sarah Jane, we, Shard, I've been talking about, and I think we've kind of dangled this to you about having you do a workshop for Mm -hmm. our community. So we've got these, you know, 7,000 influencers across all 50 states. And obviously the 80-20 rule, you know, within our community and very active, you've probably got, I would say, two to 3,000. Um, but we feel the same way about our workplace as we do about our community. The more mm-hmm. they can know themselves and, you know, dig into who they are and how they function best and the more tools um, that we can give them to strengthen their skills so that they can become the best at what they do. Um, you know, we all win. So yeah, I think yeah. we'd love to dig into maybe doing a little mini workshop and inspiration tracker, perhaps. Oh, 100%. Yeah. They would love that. And just like, for those influencers, the better you know yourself, the better you're going to be able to just to mm-hmm. be your true self. And that's what they're doing, just like you have done. Like you are your own brand and you're your own boss yeah. and promoting yourself. And I think you're going to do that best when you know fully who you are. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that's a good segue, Shar, into Sarah Jane, who, who influences you, who inspires you, who do you follow? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have two people that I, always say when Mm. I ask this question and it's just like the forefront of my mind, um, Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, you know, I can't confirm this, but I just feel like she's a seven. Mm. I can't say, I can't say that. I can't say that for sure, but feel it. Mm. Um, I want her to be it. (laughs) She's our friend. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then Glennon Doyle, um, Mm. I just think that the, they're just like so honest. I mean, it goes back to that word. They're honest um, and they express their joy and their sorrow mm-hmm. equitably. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's it's a hard thing to do as a woman on the internet. It and is. when people do it, it is an act of bravery mm. and it should be admired. Yes, I agree. And very much with you, such real and raw and powerful and inspiring women. And um, again, probably as a seven and a nomad and a lover of people everywhere. I studied foreign language growing up Mm -hmm. and thought I would go into the foreign service, which my next question is what you thought you would be. But uh, my mom would joke when I started, I studied French and I studied Spanish and I, and I maybe I'd take a Portuguese class and she was like, Oh my God, you were just on a mission to talk to everyone everywhere. Like, and leave (laughs) no stone unturned. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) So Elizabeth Gilbert is obviously I'm just a phenomenal writer, which I share mm-hmm. your enthusiasm there and phenomenal person. Yeah. So, yeah. Love that. Shar, I don't think I've asked you, who are yours? Who do you turn to for influence? Who inspires you? Okay. I think you know one of them. Um, I am very obsessed with Michael Jordan. Oh, yes. Yeah. I knew this. I forgot. <laughs> yes. I am obsessed with him and just, I mean, his hard work and obviously the last dance this year was just like, oh, whatever yes. that like yes. whatever that happened in quarantine but i love the brand he's created and if you haven't watched last dance this is me dropping it that you should watch it because not only does it just tell his story of his hard work but the brand he created mm-hmm. and he was 
picky with who he like, you know, he really thought like, okay, am I going to do Air Jordan? You know, he wanted, didn't speak up about some things because he didn't feel like that was right for him. Like, mm. I, I just really love him. He's been my phone background for like, I don't know how it's many, true. probably 10 years. Yes. Um, and then I just, I really love Julie Andrews. Oh, I, I love I, that one. I thought I was Maria from The Sound of Music growing up. Like, I, there's a photo of me, like, having bags in my hands, <laughs> leaving the Abbey. Like, but I just think she carries herself with so much poise and grace and just, like, mm-hmm. she's been timeless. But, you know, you're never seeing Julie Andrews just, like, off the wall. And I just think I just love the way she carries herself and how she speaks. And hmm. so those that. have always been my two. Yeah, I knew yeah. 50% of your inspiration yeah. set. Yeah. So, okay, so we've got two final questions for you, Sarah Jane. Um and they can sound similar, um, but one is very materialistic and one is very educational, I think. So we want to know what you're into. And the first one being maybe more of a thing, you know, an app, a coffee mug, a, you know, a practice in your day that you are so into. And then we'll kind of come back around to something you're consuming, a book, a podcast, a show. So what are you so into right now? I am obsessed with my Nespresso machine. <gasps> Yes. No, Sarah Jane. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Beth. <laughs> and you are the same human. I'm sorry. <laughs> she has one by her desk right now in her office. I put one Me on too. my actual <laughs> desk. Sarah Jane, I love this. <laughs> And I get jittery whenever Beth hands me one. I'm like shaking five hours later. <laughs> I love this. Which one do you have? Why are you so into it? So I do have a work one and a home one. Obviously. So does she. <laughs> um, and both of them are the Virtuo and the, so is the, the Virtuo Plus. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> and then I'm obsessed with the specifically the silver milk frother. Oh, okay. Have you guys I thought that? you were going to say which coffee within the oh, espresso. Oh. I am obsessed with the Bianco Leggero one. Oh, that's a good one. I, that's yeah. kind of a golden caramel hue. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, Char's exactly. coat right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm like yeah. over I'm like getting over I'm getting flustered. I'm Same. overwhelmed. Same, like joy. I'm kind of flushed. Yes. I'm yeah. excited. I'm oh. like, just hand me a cup of black coffee. Yes, I please. <laughs> That's all I need. I so Char, you know I pitched this to you too. What are you so into right now? Oh gosh. I this sounds really lame, but I think it's because I just came out of quarantining, but I've been rewatching some of my favorite things. Um and one of them was I just rewatched all the Lord of the Rings extended oh. editions. I know. Yes. <laughs> Our amazing audio guy is I, his heart is all a flutter. Yeah, he's like me too. Actually, I mean, it's a great way to pass the time. Like, I mean, I'm obsessed with all of it, and That's I great. like. I'm not kidding you. I start then. I started getting obsessed with like everything with it of like okay where did the elves come from how long were they there like when did they move when did this happen and I was like oh no I'm really deep in where Legolas was born (laughs) (laughs) so that's that was it (laughs) what about you oh gosh that's do I have a good one right now I don't know I know I have it's kind of makes you feel like wait have I done anything recently okay I'm gonna kind of cheat and because we're about to go into what you're consuming so I'm gonna hit two books or things I'm consuming but Sarah Jane, I feel like you'll be familiar with this or excited about it. But The Daily Stoic, do you follow The Daily Stoic at all? Mm, Okay, so I'm going to do a very poor job of this. But The Daily Stoic is, um, well, basically an empire, I guess, built around the works of the philosophers. So like Marcus Aurelius and 
Um, I've got a, a book uh, on, I guess it'd be most similar to like a daily devotional. Mm-hmm. So it it sounds way more cerebral than it is, but it takes snippets of these um, comments and, you know, ways of thinking from the philosophers. And then it just translates it into a really short daily reading that I find you would love it, Sarah Jane. I mean, as a seven, it's just very centering and Mm -hmm. um, gives a little bit of focus. So I'll give you an example. The one I just read uh, was on the concept of amor fati. So A-M-O-R-F-A-T-I. And it's the idea of the things that happen to you every day or that transpire in your life. Um, It's not just being satisfied with them, but it's amor fati. So it's loving fate, loving Mm -hmm. the outcome. So, you know, loving the the grief that happened, loving the moment that you're in and knowing that you have a thing to learn or something to take away from it. Um, And I just, you know, there's a reason that, you know, these people have been famous for literally centuries Mm -hmm. and centuries. And I think we have some things that we can learn and take away. But I need it put in bite-sized chunks for me to comprehend. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Oh, I love that. That's my thing. So what about you, Sarah Jane? We'll kind of come back around to what are you consuming? What are you inhaling? A book, a series, a podcast that you can't get enough of? Um, Okay, so I'm reading two books right now. This is me Um, always. This is a seven. (laughs) I am like, I'm technically reading three, but I left one out so that it didn't sound crazy. But I'm reading two. (laughs) I I read like a nonfiction in the morning and a fiction in the evening and afternoons. Mm. And the fiction is The Searcher um, by, oh no. (laughs) We'll link it. Shout out to them. It's called The Searcher. Okay. And it's like a mystery and it's really, really good. Okay. And the second one is I'm finishing up. It's okay that you're not okay. Mm, I've heard of um, this. And it was, a, it was a book given to me. My husband bought it for me after my dad passed. And um, it, it, it's like everything a seven needs to hear. Mm. But I think it's everything we all need to hear, you know. But I will say it was the perfect, like, handhold for me in, like, my darkest hours of just like, hey, it makes sense that you're sad. Right. <laughs> my brain is like no, sad feelings are here. I should fix them. They need mm-hmm. to be evaporated. And um, the book was just like a constant reminder of like, it's all right. You're okay. It's fine that you're, it's you know. normal. Um, yeah. And then I'm also rereading the Enneagram in Relationships and Work, which uh, is a, it's my ooh. favorite Enneagram book. It's by mm-hmm. Helen Palmer. Gift. Yeah, we haven't um, read it yet. Though, that's Last a good one. She's, she's one. incredible. I love that. Mm. I love that. What about you, Shar? What are you consuming, inhaling? Okay. Um, I actually, um, of course I'm a victim of this whole year and (laughs) I just put a deposit down on a puppy and I'm really excited, Um, (laughs) but um, it goes off of that. Um, I found masterclass. I don't know why I've never (laughs) discovered this before. And there's one on like how to train a dog and like how to do it well to my sister. She needs it. Yes. And I have been just consuming all of it of just like, even like Natalie Portman teaching me how to act because I need to know how to act. (laughs) And like, there's a whole writing portion because I want to be like Beth and be an incredible writer (laughs) and have actually went through and been like, okay, what are some things that I really want to be better at and excel at and went on masterclass and just kind of tried to dive into him because I was like, well, if I'm going to purchase this dog training one, 
I need to look at all the, the other the ones. Other, Even yeah. Italian cooking. There's like an Italian cooking Ooh, one. So. I'm sold. That's a, it's a, such yeah. a cool platform. I, you know, I have, Nate and I have talked about doing masterclass for our team. Ooh. Because we just we have this deep love of learning, and I've been mm-hmm. I've been resisting and like Cora Beth, don't do it, don't go there. Yes, ex- mm-hmm. we love all these like Latin <laughs> phrases, evidently. So that's so funny. Okay, yeah. I'm what sold on masterclass. Masterclass. Okay, so I'm Sarah Jane. I'm not surprised that I'm just like you. I'm constantly reading a fiction and a nonfiction. <laughs> like, what am I doing to improve my life, and then what am I doing to just like indulge. Mm-hmm. So my indulge right now is, and I'm actually about to start it, so I can't even say I'm devouring it quite yet, but I've been planning to read this for like five years. It's called uh, The Radium Girls, and it's the story mm-hmm. of the women in the 1920s after radium was oh, wow. discovered as an element uh, by the Curie sisters that um, they were working in the factories and um on watch dials, they were using this new element, right, and painting the glow-in-the-dark substance onto the dials um, and various other things because there was this whole phase to just use radium for everything. And you guys may know this already, but the women were trained to take these little paintbrushes and, like, wet and point them in their mouth and then paint the dial. And so the radium was getting into their system, um, and very, very quickly, um, it started to just create all of the, their bones were disintegrating. Um, they might go in to have a tooth pulled and their whole jaw would come out. Um, many of them died very early of various forms of cancer. Um, I think the last uh, known radium girl who worked in these factories in the 20s um, died maybe in 2014. And I had just come across this a number of times and it's um, it's an interesting full circle into workplace culture, right? Yeah. And the demands mm-hmm. we make of people and the women who ended up surviving put their foot down and said, I won't do this. I won't do that. This feels wrong. The paint feels gritty. It makes me feel not good. Or this job's, I'm out of here. The times are tough, but they're not th- that tough. So mm-hmm. I'm really eager to dive into it. I like how you said that's your fun read. I'm like, no, fine. Yeah. And by the way, I'm sure in my zest I got various facts wrong because I get all excited. No, I love what you said, though, of just like, no, putting your foot down when you know something's not right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we preach so much. And the reason, like, we wanted to start this podcast is you have a voice and we have a voice. And, like, all you have to do is speak. Yeah. And you've shown that and just, like, what you've done. And that's such a... I'm like, where is this mm. going? <laughs> where yeah, sure you're like, Beth, and then I was like, I'm having trouble tracking. <laughs> no, it's I just, it. it's riveting. But sure, you make a good point, and maybe we can pitch it to Sarah Jane to kind of close us out here. You know, what do you stand for, right? Or, or what's your parting advice? You've shared a lot of good advice, but what's your, what are your parting words for owning your voice and putting your foot down in life mm. and in the the stories you tell? Yeah. I, you know, I'm passionate about how we decide to spend our time. Mm -hmm. And I think specifically to women, you know, we need to be the deciders of where our time is going and there's so many shoulds. And I think, (laughs) I think it used to be, you know, we should be producing, we should be, Mm -hmm. um, you know, reliant on our families or we should be there for our families in the way that 
society says you're supposed to be. Um, and then there's this other should that we've adopted in the last few years, which is we should be perfecting self-care. So mm-hmm. now yeah. this thing mm-hmm. that was supposed to be joy for us and supposed to be great is now another obligation we've added <laughs> onto like our list of things we're supposed to be. Um, and so if I can like parting wisdom is just like decide for yourself where you spend your time and know that you stand behind it and that it's not a should, but it's a, like, you're not putting other people's wants above your own needs. Mm. Wow. That's good. I love that. Singer. Yeah. I mean, where you invest your time is like, it's the, like the five people you put yourself around. That's who you're going to be like most like, I Mm -hmm. feel like that's a great piece of advice. Yeah. I love that. Even just you getting up in the mornings, like Mm -hmm. you're centering yourself and that's showing just that, like you're taking that time to make sure that you can be fueled to go into the day for your team. I think that's huge. That's so true. I mean, as well, Sergey, you, you're one of the individuals I truly, truly enjoy following online and feel as though I know because you do come across as calm and centered and focused. And I think you, you know, you live it, you live what you preach and, and kind of permeate it and set a wonderful example. So it's a absolute treat to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for making time as choosy as you are making time for us. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was such a joy and an honor to be here. Love it. Well, it's wonderful to see you, my friend. We look forward to seeing you in person in the future times. Please. Love that. (laughs) Thanks for being on Social Proof, Sarah Jane. 